a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsbury. This is episode 16 of Live Mike, this new program here on KSL News Radio. I remain grateful to you for tuning in. I remain grateful to the station for having me. And I remain grateful to all the guests and contributors to this program, including uh, producer Amy and all the folks working with her today. Thank you. Uh, so that's that. Oh, I just got a picture of my baby. Sorry to be distracted, but uh, I have a little iPad here up in front of me. My wife just sent me an adorable little picture of Piper. Uh, so anyway, that moment was for me. Uh, back to the show. We in studio have KSL News Radio's Kelly Pierce. She has been participating in this incredible series here on KSL over the past couple of days and will continue throughout the week called A Costly Cure. Uh, we're looking at the different expenses associated with, uh, with medicine, with medication, and with various procedures. Uh, she did a, a fascinating story. I want to play uh, her story for you here real quickly, and then she and I are going to go through some of the details. So here's Kelly Pierce uh, on an FDA story dealing with pricing. Hey there. How's it going? Megan lives in South Salt Lake and takes the drug Piscali to treat her breast cancer. When she got to the pharmacy last year, she found out it would cost $4,000 a month. I almost burst into tears. I have to take it to basically live. I guess I'm going to blow through all my savings. And I remember like kind of doing the math in my head and thinking, okay, how much money do I have for how long can I live? Just as most people believe prescription drug prices are too high. The life-saving EpiPen, nearly 500% price increase. He hiked the price of a life-saving HIV drug, Daraprim, by 5,000%. Most economists think the root of all our problems is actually governmental. As Professor Robin Feldman from the University of California at Hastings explained in a congressional committee last year. More than three-quarters of the drugs associated with new patents are not new drugs coming on the market. They are existing ones. That's right. The Food and Drug Administration is letting pharmaceutical companies take over-expired patents for drugs. Once they get that monopoly, lower-cost generics are taken off the market, and the price you pay at the pharmacy counter goes up a lot. Take colchicine, a treatment for gout that's been around since ancient Greece. Dr. Gilbert Burdine from Texas Tech University says a couple of years ago, the FDA gave URL Pharma the exclusive rights to it. They simply took data that was already in the public domain and they ran some new statistical analyses and the FDA granted them a monopoly privilege. And so overnight, they took a medication that cost maybe 10 cents a tablet and they raised the price to $50 a tablet because they could. And the same thing happened when the FDA let Marathon on pharmaceuticals take over the patent for the muscular dystrophy drug Deflazacort. The price went from a couple hundred dollars a year to 89000 And companies can get those monopolies just by changing the dosage of a drug. For its part, the FDA says they have to make some products temporarily illegal for safety reasons, an explanation that's confusing to doctors and patients who have used these drugs for years with no problems. Remember Megan, the breast cancer patient at the beginning of our story? She got lucky. 
A pharmacist helped her enroll in a program that reduced her prescription to $10 a month. What if it was someone else? What if it wasn't someone that could put in two hours worth of their time searching through coupons and scholarships to find this special deal? Kelly Pierce, KSL News Radio. Kelly Pierce joins us in studio now. Kelly, outstanding job. Great, great work on that story. Uh, what were some of your big takeaways? Well, it's something that was really shocking to me was whether you were a healthcare economist on the left, right, center, libertarian, they all agreed this was the main problem that we're having in the United States. And nobody's talking about it. And even though there are people that testified in Congress about this, nothing has been done to fix this problem at the FDA that of raising our drug prices artificially. I want to get into the the, the, the real issue here at hand, which is that patents uh, being applied to medication can uh, potentially uh, take away from the accessibility of certain patients uh, just in terms of pricing. Uh, but specifically, the, the, the instance of the woman in your story here, she went to the pharmacy, had a, a certain disorder where she, breast cancer, uh, she had breast cancer, went to the pharmacy and learned that it would be $4,000 of monthly expenses to her to get her hands on the, on the medication. Now, she was very lucky and was able to, in conjunction with a, a pharmacist, uh, bring that price down. H- how did that happen? And how is she the exception? Well, basically, the pharmacist, she ran into a pharmacist that was just helped her out and was able to enroll her in a program where the drug company could kind of track her, um, know if the medication was working. And so that's how she got it reduced to $10 a month. So she was enrolled in this program. Um, it may not be there for her, though, this year. So that's kind of the danger. But in this particular case, she this was the latest and greatest drug. There's no generic alternative to it. And she also needs it to live. So she was kind of caught there, either $4,000 a month or, of course, you know, having this pharmacist that she got lucky um, to enroll her in this program. That initial cost was due to, it was a price set by a pharmaceutical company which enjoyed a patent over the medication that she was purchasing. Right, absolutely. And uh, however, when I was focusing in my piece, though, is a lot of times, um, you know, obviously it takes a lot to get a drug to market. It takes millions, maybe even a billion dollars to get uh, a drug to market. So the company has to recoup that cost. However, what they've been doing recently has been taking over old patents, patents that have been expired for decades and were able to uh, have generic alternatives because of that. They took over the old patents and all of a sudden all these generics become illegal and the price, they act like a monopoly and the price gets raised to this guy. I'm a free market guy. I am very sensitive to the arguments made by pharmaceutical companies that it, as, as you've stated here, it costs a lot to figure out how these drugs work, to test them, to go through all of the trials. Uh, there are entire uh, uh, industries set up in just the just evaluating uh, these drugs. Uh, but what you're saying is that this is not those. This is not uh, pricing set in an effort to handle research and development no. and uh, manufacturing and distribution necessarily, uh, but rather this is a business model where there are individuals keeping their eye maybe on uh, generic drugs which are about to uh, be, you know, you can secure a patent on them and take them out off of the generic shelves and then are, are jacking up the prices. I think we saw, if we remember, is it Pharma Bro? Is that how we refer to that yep. guy, Martin Shrelly? Yeah. Shrelly? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had done something very similar to this with epinephrine, epinephrine pins. Is that right? Uh, no, it was the HIV drug. Uh, okay. Epi, EpiPen was definitely made into the, got into the news because, you know, their prices were raised astronomically as well. However, but basically, let's take the Pharma Bro story. He took 
a patent for a life-saving HIV drug. The FDA gave him the exclusive rights to market, manufacture, and sell it. And, of course, he raised it to the sky. But he's not alone in doing this. There's tons of pharmaceutical companies that do this all the time. And the FDA, which is supposed to make sure and regulate and make sure this doesn't happen, is letting this happen Mm. with multiple, multiple drugs. Well, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, maybe I'll knock on the door of some legislators and see what they have to say and see what kind of plans they may have in store. Did you encounter any any any, uh, any legislators who have their sights set on this? No, <laughs> nobody. And of course, you know, they, they talked about this in Congress, all these healthcare economists um, from Harvard and Yale and, and everywhere you're, you talk to them. And they say the same thing. And Congress does nothing, doesn't even address it. Yeah. Well, uh, Kelly Pierce, I'm grateful to you. You did great work here. Thank you so much for this. Uh, it, let me just uh, reiterate. I've got a kind of a position on this, and it is if there are companies that are earnestly engaging in certain research and development, uh, trying to bring new uh, bits of medication to the market in an effort to uh, to cure folks and help folks and also turn a profit. I'm not, I, I, turning a profit is not a bad thing, uh, but when you are driven solely by that motivation, uh, when you erase all humanity, and uh, Christianity and civility and whatever type of uh, good motivation you may want to ascribe to this type of behavior, when you are void of all humanity and you find yourself engaging in these predatory business practices of reaching into the past. Uh, you, you gave a drug, for example, went back to ancient Greek times. Uh, something that has been uh, a remedy for folks for, for centuries and millennia uh, when there are companies uh, trying to take that from ten cents a pill uh, to thousands and thousands of dollars a tablet, I, I believe that's wrong, and I think that we should find and uh, our government a way should to be protecting it. us, and Alrighty. they're not. Very good, Kelly Pierce, KSL News Radio expert reporter, uh, keeping us apprised of the FDA and what they're doing with medication uh, patents. In the next segment, we're going to be speaking with Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. He's running for governor. We're going to see why next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.